What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic Podcast at 1252 Sports Entertainment. It is lovely to be sitting here with my good friend. Known him for over a year now. Uh, you might have heard of him. You might not have. But his name is definitely rising very quickly. My good friend, Brennan Davis. Brennan of the Chicago Cubs. How are you, my friend? I haven't talked to you in a few months. How's everything been going? Everything's been good, man. How are you? Man, you know, it's our first time doing this at 1252. Um, it, it's an honor. The first guest I've ever had on here, you know, we finally got onto a platform that I'm proud to be a part of. Um, you being my very first person I've inter- interviewed probably, I would say, about a year ago, a, a little over a year ago now. Um, and, and, and it wouldn't be anybody better than to be interviewing you right now. Um, and to kick yeah. it off, you know, I think... You know, it's something we've talked about a lot and it's something I didn't think we'd be talking about at this very point right now. And I kind of want to ask you straight up, uh, you know, what's going on right now and what what's going through the thought process of, you know, potentially, you know, spring training not being a thing, maybe the season starting late. What's going on with everything in your mind and with your camp on, you know, the potential of the lockout expanding? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a tricky situation because the players and the, the owners are really in a in a standstill kind of kind of thing but i mean i don't think it affects me very much the minor league camp will continue regardless so regardless i'm gonna get my reps i'm gonna get my work in i'm gonna continue to build up for the season and if they if they do have big league camp and stuff like that i'll 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 be a part of it and i'll get to go over there and and show them what i've been working on this whole offseason i think that'll be huge but I just want I just want the the player the players union to to keep fighting for for us and everybody coming up and everybody that's already in the league. I think what they're right. doing is awesome and they have all our support. Right. And and you know, I'm fully on board with you guys as well and you know, a lot of people right now are saying, "Well, these guys get 400 million dollar contracts, 500 million dollar contracts. Why do they deserve more? What more could they want?" 
um, for the people that don't understand, and, and it's a big part of it, you know, we, we look at hockey, you know, you become a free agent after two years, you know, whether or not you were drafted or whether or not you've been in the system or not. The second you get drafted, your two-year window start. You look at the NFL, the NBA, it's the same system. It's four years the second you get drafted. With the majors, for the people that, you know, don't understand it, don't follow baseball deep enough, Brennan can sit in the minors for 10 years and it doesn't, it's, it's like a shit. It doesn't mean anything until he starts in the majors. And then his seven-year window starts to where, okay, this is how long you're going to be with the team, arbit- arbitration and all this other stuff going on. And what they're fighting for right now is a big part of that is, one, being more fair to the players with contracts and being a rookie. Brennan, for you, and, and this is maybe you don't have a good idea of it. I know it's you know, there's a lot of financial stuff that goes into it. But what is the period that you would like, you know, for being on that rookie type of deal, that arbitration type deal? Is it more four years, more five years? What what What's the end goal for you think, not only yourself, but the, the Players Association? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough because it's uh, the owners definitely don't want to lose control of, of their players any anytime sooner than they have to and with the contract manipulations and all that and everything that goes into it i think that's another thing that they're fighting for is like owners having less power to be able to manipulate your service time and all that right i think i don't know i think a big thing they're fighting for is increased minimum wage in -hmm. the big leagues which i think is completely fair because the way that they bounce guys that are on the first three years of their big league time is is unbelievable like, you know, they go up and down and guys who get their cup of coffee cup of coffee coffee should be compensated rightfully right. and the guys that make those hundreds of millions a thousand percent deserve it but that's like the top five percent of baseball so mm-hmm. there's a lot more people that deserve to be getting paid a little more and i think i think it's fair for them to ask for a little more there i think service time manipulations fair for them to ask that teams like find a way to not do that and i think that the arbitration thing is going to be a tough one to get them to overturn because that's how they build their their dynasties and how they they've done it for so long and i don't think the players are going to get everything that they want this year like in this cba but right making making like the precedence of moving forward for the game of baseball, I think is a big deal and it'll ultimately lead to a better game of baseball. Right. And, and you know, you, you talk about that a lot and, and I'm not going to name drop certain individuals, um, but there are stories. There are people who we all understand and throughout the minors who are living in their cars, you know, living day to day in hotels and motels just to make it by. Because like you said, not everybody is that first round draft pick. Not everybody is getting compensated the same way. Um, to you, do you think, and and this is, this is a very broad question, you know, I know it's not as easy as that. Um, but from all the way to single A, double A and triple A, do you think they should all be getting paid the same amount of money? I would say probably not. I think there should be a little staggered tier system. I don't think it should be very much like there already is a little tier system, but I mean, it's a few hundred bucks extra here and there. Right. So it doesn't make that big of a difference, but some of the guys that are in double A, triple A have like a lot more to their lives than the guys in low A. They have families, they have they have kids, they have stuff that they have to provide for. And on a minor league salary, you just can't do that right. unless you had some kind of substantial signing bonus. So I feel like those guys that 
want to hold on to the dream of making to the big leagues and and making an impact in the big leagues and staying there should be compensated for sitting in AAA for two, three, four years, hoping for an opportunity because they're just wasting their lives else like elsewhere, you know. Right, and, and it comes down to it at the end of the day. You know, I've had uh, Patrick Wisdom on this show multiple times. You know, we're talking about the arbitration. Um, Patrick Wisdom being 30 years of age, still a rookie. You know what I mean? So you yeah. look at it and you understand that Patrick's going to become a free agent, you know, in what, Brennan? 20, 20, 27 at the age of 37? That's not that's not the ideal. That's You're not going to get that payday that you want. And that has nothing to do with Patrick's talent. That's not saying that Patrick won't be good at the age of 37. It's just that no one's going to give you a $200, $300 million contract at the age of 37 that's 10 plus years long. I think that's where, you know, not only are you saying, you know, the minor leagues need a better fair shake, but I think even the players that are up here, you know, we act like they're all making $400 million when that's, that's really not the case. You know, a lot of these guys, they get these first contracts and they're up for seven years, but then, you know, a good one to me that, that I was making a conversation about is Addison Russell. Addison Russell is out of the league now. He hasn't been here ever since. And, and he's playing for Mexico. He played for Japan. He's doing a lot of great things, um, but he never got that payday. And even though he was expected to get that payday, there's a lot of things that happen in life, whether it's on and off the field, whether it's injuries, whether so on and so forth. Seven years, a lot can change. So to me, you know, you look at a two, four year window, I think that's really fair all around. Yeah. And somebody made a good point. They were like, you get paid for the player that you were, not the player that you are. Right. You see all those contracts with those guys that had six great years. I mean, they're not getting paid like substantially in those six years but then once they get to that free agency every team wants them and then everybody wonders why they're not living up to their potential and it's like baseball is a you have a window to be the best you can be and then you just try to be as consistent as you can moving forward but i think there's just the the owners get players at such a cheap price in their prime and like when they're at their best and then they pay a lot of money for players when they're maybe a little past their prime and right. a little a little more seasoned in that sense. Right. And and that's that risk and reward that we're talking about here is, you know, especially in baseball you'll see it, but we're going to do a little bit of a comparison. Brennan, I don't know, I know you're you're out in Arizona, so you're probably living in in living and loving the Phoenix Suns right now. Um but the LA Lakers paying Russell Westbrook 44 million dollars annually to play horribly he's not the player he was when he signed that contract that's just the reality of the situation now i could bite my tongue brennan and he can come out in the second half and play amazingly and have another triple double season and i could be wrong but i'm just saying right now he's not living up to that but that's where you know you you have to be able to give these guys a fair shake to not only get that first contract but to get a second one you know you're you're getting that second contract probably at the age of 35 look at mike trout now mike trout's making good money let's say let's say it's not a great deal though i think a good comparison is luis robert on the white Sox. you know he signs a 10 plus year deal for 50 million dollars now that's before taxes and everything else you all know what it's like to live in chicago if you're watching this uh 50 million dollars will will decrease very quickly with just everything that is to live in chicago uh brennan you're gonna love it trust me you're gonna love the income tax you're gonna love everything going on um but um in all seriousness though a 10-year deal by the time this kid is you know out, out of this deal 
who knows what he's going to be? You know what I mean? Is he going to get another payday? Is he going to be able to have those opportunities? And I think that's a whole different conversation for a different day. Um, but to kind of carry into our next conversation and transition, spring training, we kind of we kind of talked a little bit about it um, with or without spring training. You know, I, I know we always have these conversations, Brennan, and I know you always give me the most perfect answers, but this time it's a little different to where, you know, there isn't a spring training. And it's so crazy because every time I talk to you, man, it's like there's always a reason why there might not be a spring training. Last year it was COVID. <laughs> this year, you know, there was site A, site B, C, D, E, F, G, all of these things. Now you're saying there might not even be anything. For you, I know your preparation. I know your work ethic. I know how hard you work. But not having spring training at all, not potentially not even being in the facilities, what does that change for your mindset? And, and what does it look like moving forward if there isn't a spring training? How do, how do you prepare for a potential season? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my work in regardless. I think there's enough guys that are at the complex right now. Like I live here, the complex is ten minutes away from where I live, so I go to the complex every day. There's a ton of guys there that are getting the work in. Minor league guys, any of the forty man or big league guys can't get in there right now, but we have a lot of talented, talented minor league guys that I'm gonna be able to get my work in and be ready for the season. So right. I think personally I'll be all right, but some of those 40 man guys or like big league guys, it would probably be a little more challenging because when they do come to an agreement, if it does cut into spring training, they're going to have to ramp up a lot quicker than, than normal. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Now this might be a little personal question because I was going to ask you what you've been doing in your off time, but I was, I was flipping through the gram. I was, you know, just minding my business. I saw you, Ryan Jensen, Cole Franklin, living it up in Hawaii. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what that's like. And, and, you know, I understand, you know, your teammates, but it, it seems a lot more with this group. You, Cole, Ryan, it, it seems like a bond there. And, and what has that been like? What's that experience like, you know, traveling the world with them and, and just having fun while also, you know, getting at it in the facilities, like you said? Yeah, so it, that was actually in Tulum, Mexico. And Jordan Nawagu was with us as well. But I mean, to be around that kind of group and like to have that kind of bond with your teammates and guys that you're really rooting for outside the baseball field and like like just have that genuine connection in this kind of atmosphere I think it's is it's unique and I, I really I really am grateful for the friendships that I've built and I've gotten to be I'm I'm roommates with Jensen and Cole and I've been roommates with a ton of my teammates over the years so I, I really love the way the Cubs draft people. They go people first and mm-hmm guys that guys that you want to you want to have each other's back and you want to you want to see everybody succeed there's not like the selfish like i want to do me and then whatever happens like maybe we can be friends that's that doesn't happen around here it's like we're like a brotherhood and everything that we do together really helps build that bond that we have moving forward and i think i think the group that we got coming up is going to be really special Without a doubt. And, you know, there's there's a lot of other guys, too. I know you guys are close, close with uh, Cole Rodeer and so many others. Um, this is a great group of guys, and, and I've just seen you guys grow over the years, and, and it's crazy to me um, to see a, a tight-knit group like this. You know, I, even back in the day, you know, with, with Riz, Baez, Bryant, and all them, you, you never really saw them communicating with each other until they really got there. You know what I mean? And, and for you guys to already have this bond going into it, I think that just makes it so much sweeter, so much better. Now, we're going to get into a little bit of a conversation. I know sometimes you like having these conversations, sometimes you don't because, you know, you, you just like to take it day by day. 
Um, and I'm not going to put you on a pedestal or anything like that. But, you know, we're looking at the acquisitions of the Cubs right now. And they're nowhere clear, nowhere close to being done. You know, we're very excited to see what happens with Carlos Correa and many other individuals that may or may not end up on this team. There's rumors Riz might be coming back on a two-year deal, uh, probably like $20 million annually. But for you, when you see guys like Wade Miley, Clint Frazier, and Marcus Stroman get added to this team when it was completely demolished, you know, not even six months ago what, what how what, what is that feeling like for you and does that make you excited about this you know you're not entering you know when you presumably do enter the the, the majors that you're not entering a full-blown rebuild that they're getting ready to compete that these guys are ready schwindel riz potentially uh wisdom and many others are gonna be here what is that like for you and and does that boost your confidence in knowing that you're going in and ready to compete yeah i mean i i think that's awesome and i think I think it's huge for the fan base. They deserve, they deserve a good a good team, and and the Cubs need to do everything in their possibility to put put the best players out there to compete for for a title. And I don't I don't love losing, so <laughs> a full out rebuild would have been tough. So yeah. that 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 is really really heartening to to see that they're going out and getting guys, and hopefully they get. Get all their guys that they were really looking for this this off season, and they. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity at the big league level this year to to test what we have in the minor leagues. So I think I think it's going to be awesome moving forward, and we're going to really see where our organization's at after this year. Without a doubt, and you know we got a lot of guys in the outfield right now, and and that's honestly to me that's always been a good thing. That's 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 to me as an outfielder, as someone who played, I love having that competition. You know, now you're adding Clint Frazier, who you know didn't have the greatest success in New York, but you know a lot of that is for many different reasons, um, and, and not just his game. So you you add that on top of you know someone we already know who you highly respect in Jason Hayward, uh, Gregory Dykeman. You know you have so many other great guys, Pete Crow Armstrong. You know, for you, you know, how excited are you to just get into work with these guys, be able to have conversations, whether it be in the majors or, you know, in spring training, like we talked about earlier. How excited are you about this new regime outfield that, you know, at the beginning of the season wasn't that deep at all? You know, we had a lot of guys come and go, um, but now it kind of seems like, you know, we have a stacked outfield. So how excited for you to just pick these guys brains um, and what are you looking forward to the most? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really exciting and the way to have a successful team is to have depth and guys that can come in and fill roles and, and have success. So I think that's huge. And I, I think the competition aspect is awesome. And to be around guys that have done it and, and know what it takes to be good and great is really exciting. I've had a lot of conversations with Pete. I love watching the way he works and the kids, the kids electric out there mm-hmm. fast as crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, being able to surround yourself with this kind of talent is it's really, it's really good for our organization and I think it'll lead to a lot of success moving forward right now this is a very touchy subject depending on who we ask I've had a couple people tell me hey cut it from the video and I've had other people tell me that they love the guy you know we have Nick Madrigal and Nico Horner both amazing guys love them both you know amazing individuals great defenders they're great at what they do um both 300 plus hitters you know they're they're, they're just doing their thing uh Brennan how do you feel about the potential of having Carlos Correa? And, and does that do anything for you? Obviously, I'm not going to ask you to sit here and, um, you know, hate on the guy or praise the guy. But what is your honest take on Carlos Correa, um, you know, potentially getting a deal with the Chicago Cubs? And, and what does that mean for you, having a leader like that? Yeah, I mean, he, 
he's he's a stud. He gets the job done. You've seen it for so many years with Astros, and I think he's a special talent, and he's gonna get paid as such. So if the Cubs go out and get their get their guy, so he's gonna play. So that leads to the magical Horner thing, and <laughs> right. I think those are two absolute studs as well. But Nico's shown that he can play a lot more right. positions other than just infield he can move to the outfield if he needs to he's gonna find a spot his bat is too good not to keep in the lineup so mm. i'm not too worried about it and i think having the depth of the versatility of a nico and a madrigal together is and add cray in the mix it's it's gonna be special well brennan i do want to say thank you for that answer because i've had a couple of them that i i had to cut and i couldn't do it to him um, so that, that just made my job a hell of a lot easier, but we're not going to keep you here too long. I know you're a busy man. I just want to keep it going and, and ask you just a couple more questions, you know, for you. Um, I know, you know, your preparation is always the same. I know it's the same mentality and you're always ready to go, but going into the 2022 season is very different, a diff- very different outlook than it was for your 2021 season. Um, so is there any different preparation and what is that going to be looking like for you moving forward? Yeah, um, I would say preparation-wise, I, I do the same thing. I, I like I like what I did last year, and I think just continue to refine my deficiencies and what I'm not the best at, and continue to really, really, really pound what I'm good at, and and make progress that way. Really understand my body and make sure I stay healthy for a full season and everything that goes into it. I'm. I'm excited for the season. I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be it's going to be awesome to get all our guys back. We had a lot of we had a lot of injured guys in the system last year, and being able to get all those guys back, I think we're going to win a lot of, a lot of ball games. Right, and, and that kind of tied into my final question for you. Uh, it just continues to make my job so much easier for me. Um, but you know, we have injuries like Miguel Amaya and so many others. Um, you know, what does it look like to you? You know, when you finally get that team ready that team's fully acclimated and fully healthy you know getting them going you know whether it's with the Tennessee Smokies or wherever what is the end goal for Brennan Davis at the 2022 season is it more than just you know getting called up you know do you have any thinkings as a team to okay we're going to win a championship in the minors this year and it's going to be awesome or or what's the preparation really for you right now with that mentality is it just buying your time until you get brought up or are you just living it every single day trying to trying to win a chip there yeah wherever i'm playing that's that's where i'm trying to win a win a championship i'm not i don't like to look past where i'm at i like to play where my feet are and have success at every level so I'm going to do what I can to make whatever team I'm on at the current moment successful. And if that means bringing in a championship to a minor league team this year, then that's going to be my goal. If if I get the opportunity, it's going to be trying to bring a championship to the Chicago Cubs. So I think that's the mentality that I have, and that's the mentality that I'm going to stick with. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, Brennan, I remember, uh, just real quick, I remember, remember the day I texted you? Uh, Chicago is excited to have you, man. I remember the rumors were going around, the fake tweets that Brennan Davis had been brought up to Chicago, and I was working at Wrigley that morning. <laughs> remember I texted you? I said, Brennan, are yeah, you here? I do remember that. Are you here? I was, everyone was excited. Everyone was pumped up. Um, we love Gregory Dykeman, but it turned out he was the outfielder that was brought up. But Chicago is excited to have you, man. 
Um, and, and I just can't wait to continue to watch your journey, man. And it's been an honor talking to you today. You know, different than we usually do on Mike on the Mic podcast. We are at 1252 Sports Entertainment. Uh, so again, if you guys haven't checked out Brennan Davis before, definitely check out his highlights. Definitely follow him on Instagram. Brennan, do you have any final words for anybody? You know, you want to mention something? You want to mention something you're up to, doing, anything at all? The floor is yours. No, I appreciate everybody. And I appreciate all the support that Chicago has for us. You guys are the best. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. Again, if you guys haven't, check out the Fat Mike Show on Wednesdays. Mike on the Mike podcast will be on on Saturdays at 7 Central. We are cooking a little bit later today. Um, But with that being said, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for another amazing episode. And Brennan, we will talk soon when you are in the majors or in Tennessee. We'll definitely talk soon, my brother. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Keeps it up. Parker to tie. You bet.